0: We are also very aware that um, a lot of people will never read reports and unless there is a way of actually taking some of that information and sharing it on a broader scale and also testing and experimenting, then it has a limited impact.
1: I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation here with Aubrey Fox, our Director of Strategic Planning. And today we're talking with law professor Tanya Sorden, Director of the Australian Center for Justice Innovation. Professor Sorden is a law professor at Monash University. She's a mediator and very involved in shaping mediation standards in Australia, the author of three books, and is widely published on conflict resolution, artificial intelligence, technology and organizational change. Thanks for joining us via Skype today.
0: It's a real pleasure. It's lovely to be related again to the Centre in New York.
1: Well, we wanted to focus on your work at the Australian Centre for Justice Innovation. We at the Centre for Court Innovation in New York and and our sister office in London, we're not the only ones working on justice reforms. So we thought maybe you could tell us a bit about your centre. When did it start and what's justice innovation looking like in Australia?
0: Well, thanks very much. We we started operations about two years ago, and we, I suppose, regard ourselves as a very close cousin of your centre, and we're pleased to sign a memorandum of understanding with the New York Centre last year. And I suppose the work that we do is different to some of the work that you do in New York, and that, I think, is a reflection of the, the different court and dispute resolution framework and properties within Australia. Some of our research is looking at perceptions of disputants before they get to court, once they end up in court, and looking at really issues around whether or not the processes that they're engaged in are procedurally fair. And then, of course, like the New York Centre, we are looking at what innovations work um, both within the court system and outside of it.
1: And how did you get started? What was the impetus for creating a Centre for Justice Innovation in Australia?
0: Professor Ari Freiberg, who's here at Monash, really noticed that there was a gap in the non adversarial uh, therapeutic justice area. In addition to that, increasingly governments and others have recognised that there is a significant gap in terms of what evidence is available to make policy decisions and to actually assess whether or not innovations that have been made are working. And one uh, significant focus of the centre has been on qualitative and quantitative research so we have a specialist team and we go in and really you know create a methodology and a project plan to look at what's happening in different places within that justice system and so we've been informing a lot of the the government uh, policy in this area and also have been reporting uh, sometimes quite unusual things that happen within the justice system that may not be uh, apparent when you consider anecdotal or other evidence.
1: Well, can you give us some examples of what your quantitative research has found?
0: Um, In our self-represented litigant project, we actually surveyed most of the, well, all of the Commonwealth courts and tribunals across Australia, and as part of that, looked at what data they collect and how they could improve their data collections in relation to self-represented litigants. And I suppose the findings from that research uh, were that there were significant gaps in terms of the data and that there were different ways in which different courts and tribunals collected data about self-represented litigants. And there was little understanding about how these um, folks were helped along the way and whether they were accessing unbundled legal services or whether or not um, there were other internet-based advice lines or other processes that were assisting them. So I think that that work not only informs the development of how people collect and report on data into the future, but it also highlights some of the issues in the area um, surrounding self-represented litigants. And some of those issues are that self-represented litigants in some of the higher courts are perceived to be a particularly problematic area. But our findings really, that's not in fact the case that there are some self-represented litigants who may be more problematic and consume more court time, but the many can be assisted by having bundled services and we've looked to see what the, if you like, the best processes seem to be around Australia so that they can be integrated more closely within the court system. I think one of the other projects that we have, uh, which is interesting and was also completed last year, was looking more closely at those obligations and protocols and requirements that exist before people are permitted to file or commence proceedings in a court and those obligations in the civil and family area in particular require that people sit down and try and discuss matters or attempt ADR before they commence proceedings. So one of the projects that we had last year was really a qualitative and quantitative review of those obligations and protocols to try and find out essentially whether or not they were working and and that research really highlighted uh, I think an important feature of our work as well and that is that these sorts of initiatives and these sorts of innovation really only work effectively if you have widespread consultation with all different parts of the system and that for initiatives to be implemented effectively you need to ensure that even when they're outside of the court that the judges and the lawyers and other professionals and other stakeholders are very much involved with their design and the way that they are set up
1: Do you want to talk a little bit about the Melbourne Community Justice Centre, where the project is at, and also your involvement with it?
0: All right, I I should explain that our Neighbourhood Justice Centre that operates at uh, Collingwood is a remarkable centre and is very much... Modelled on uh, some of the centres that have been established in the US and of course the Red Hook uh, Centre, which we've, I think across the world people have watched with interest and the example of what's taken place at that centre and the way in which it's worked and what it has done in terms of transforming, you know, community and other approaches. We have all watched and we have all shamelessly copied because we think it's such a great example about what you can do in very diverse communities. And the Collingwood Centre, which is called the Neighbourhood Justice Centre, is a community which is part of Melbourne. And it's a very interesting community. There are more than 20 different ethnic groups that are, for example, presented in that, in that Collingwood community. The idea of the Neighbourhood Justice Centre was conceived by the state government at the time and although it's a court, it also has outreach, mediation and of course other centres. But I think the exciting part of the project that we're currently involved in with that uh, centre is um, really very much around how you take the lessons that have been learnt from that centre and encourage other courts and tribunals to develop much more cooperative relationships and working arrangements with the police, with legal aid, with the drug and alcohol groups. And also how, if you like, the way in which people interact with those that come before a court or come before any of the other services can be altered. And to do that, we've created um, a special learning set of um, six or seven lessons and video pieces and podcasts. So that those learnings will be accessible to judicial officers and other stakeholders so that hopefully those lessons um, can be uh, extended well beyond that particular court and also extended within Australia. We hope that they may also be interesting for those who are overseas. And of course the, the magistrate who has been uh, looking after that centre has been a key driver in terms of how that's going to work into the future and about how we develop each of those modules. And last year we actually established a, an online clearinghouse which has a whole series of free downloads which are there really to support learning and develop I suppose better understanding in these areas.
1: It sounds like there's a lot of uh, diverse things going on, so not just research, but this online learning opportunity to disseminate the lessons from the Justice Center, the Collingwood Justice Center, that's very exciting.
0: It is very exciting, and I suppose that's our understanding too. Although we want to be known for producing, I think, high-quality reports that very much influence uh, government decision-making and influence decision-making in other parts of the sector, we are also very aware that um, a lot of people will never read reports. And unless there is a way of actually taking some of that information and sharing it on a broader scale and also testing and experimenting, then it has a limited impact, so it's, it's very exciting um, to be part of the centre at the moment and, and to, to see these things flowering all over the place.
1: We've been speaking with law professor Tanya Sordin, who is director of the Australian Centre for Justice Innovation, and she's also a law professor at Monash University. Thanks so much for taking the time on your morning and our late afternoon uh, to talk with us about the work of the Centre for Justice Innovation.
0: Thank you. I also really want to thank your centre, which I think has just set such an example across the world and how grateful we are for having your continued involvement with our centre.
1: You're very welcome. And thank you for for helping spread the word and doing your own innovative things. I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. And I've been here with Aubrey Fox, our Director of Strategic Planning. To listen to other podcasts, you can visit our website at www.courtinnovation.org. And you can also subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. Thanks for listening.